Glory to Jesus Christ. Glory to God. Recently, a young friend of mine was having some difficulties. This was my friend's first time living on their own, away from family, in the world. And it was the kind of difficulties where, like, the first one comes along and you kind of steady yourself. And then the second one comes along, wait a minute, the third, by the third one coming along, you're pretty sure that things are conspiring against you and nothing's ever going to go right again. So I was thinking about some words of encouragement for this young person, um, because this is, I think it's really important, especially at this person's stage of life, to, to know a pattern to uh, begin uh, addressing when, when difficulties arise. Um, because, I mean, let's be honest, those of us with a few more years know that that's just life. Right? There's always difficulties. It's not like there's some part that's necessarily more difficult than others. There's always difficulties. There's also, at the same time, joys and victories, right? And the, the, the pattern is to thank God for everything and celebrate the joys and victories and ask his help in the, in the difficulties. So um, as I was thinking about this, I was also reminded of about last week that Father talked some about courage um, about being manly, um, not in a macho way. That was the Greco-Roman way that they understood these virtues of courage and steadfastness. Um, to say someone was manly just meant that they, were, they had the virtues that a virtuous man would have. Today, we remember and celebrate the Apostle John, the theologian, the evangelist, um, He was one of the 12, right? He wrote the gospel according to John. He wrote three letters. He wrote the the revelation of St. John, right? Um, So from the epistle, the first epistle of St. John that reader Gregory read for us um, this morning, we heard this. Whoever confesses that Jesus is the son of God, God abides in him and he is in God. And we have known and believed the love that God has for us. God is love. And he who abides in love abides in God and God in him. This already reminds me a lot of other things in John, this kind of, kind of cadence of the way John writes. Love has been perfected among us in this, that we may have boldness in the day of judgment, because as he is, so we are in this world. There is no fear in love, but perfect love casts out fear, because fear involves torment but he who fears has not been made perfect in love. The word abide occurs a bunch of times in that little passage, either directly or it's implied. Um, It actually occurs, I looked this up, 108 times in the New Testament. John uses it 65 of those times. He really likes this word. In fact, a quarter of the times that the word abide appears, and I mean the Greek word that we translate as abide, right? A quarter of the times appear in the first letter of John, which is not that long. It's, it's not long at all. John really likes this word. Um, it's also one of those words that I think I know what it means, but if someone asked me, like called me out and said, what does the word abide mean? I'd start to get a little, I'd have some doubt. I'd have to go, wait a second, let me think. Let me make sure, right? So, 
Let's make sure. Because um, I don't use that in everyday conversation. I, I usually don't talk about abiding. There's a movie that, that does that I like a lot. I like that movie a lot, but that's the only time abide comes up in the conversation for me. Um, it means to stay, to remain, to dwell. Um, in the Old Testament, the Greek translation of the Old Testament, you find it a couple of times translated as endure. That's a good way to talk about it, I think, endure. Um, Xenophon uses it to talk about soldiers remaining uh, and holding their ground in battle. So there's something about abide. It's more than just stay. It means stay, right? Dig in, stay in your place, or dwell there, right? Um, John, when he uses the word, sometimes he uses it in kind of a, a, a theological or mystical way like he does in this passage where he talks about he who abides in love abides in God and God in him. Other times he just means it to say they stayed at that house. They stayed over there, right? So it doesn't just mean something lofty for John. It also is a regular everyday word. But if you abide, you stand firm in your place. You, you uh, dig in your heels against whatever difficulties are coming your way. Um, sometimes we hear in, in the writings of the fathers about the word dispassion or apatheia, right? It's, it's this, um, it doesn't mean you're not, have, don't have zeal for things. It, it, it means that you stand steady in your place. You don't let the winds of change blow you around a lot, right? If you abide, you remain steady. So, with some of those translations in mind, if we endure in love, we dwell in God, and God dwells in us. I like that. That's nice. So this brings me back to my young friend. <laughs> what, uh, what did what I tell my young friend? Well, there were two, kind of two things I wanted to share with this person. And the first is actually um, one of my favorite psalms. And it's one that I turn to um, anytime I need encouragement. Um, it's, it's become for me a kind of a goal, a motto, in the sense that like, I don't think I'm actually achieving this, but this is what I want to be. This, this describes who I want to be. And I'd like to share it with you. It's not very long. It's Psalm 26. The Lord is my light and my Savior. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the defender of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? When evildoers assailed me to eat up my flesh, my adversaries and foes, they stumbled and fell. Though an army encamp against me, my heart shall not fear. Though war rise up against me, yet I am confident in this. One thing have I asked of the Lord, that I will seek after, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, to behold the beauty of the Lord and to look upon his temple. For he hid me in his shelter in the day of my afflictions. He concealed me in the cover of his tabernacle. He set me high upon a rock. And now behold, my head has been lifted up above my enemies. I went around, went round and offered in his tabernacle the sacrifice of joy. I will sing psalms and make melody to the Lord. Hear my voice, Lord, when I cry aloud. Pity me and listen to me. My heart said to you, I have earnestly sought your face. Your face, Lord, will I seek. 
Turn not your face away from me. Do not turn away from your servant in anger. Be my helper. Forsake me not and do not overlook me, God my Savior. For my father and my mother have forsaken me, but the Lord has taken me to himself. Teach me in your way, Lord, and lead me on a right path because of my enemies. Give me not up to the will of those who afflict me, for false witnesses have risen against me, and injustice has lied within herself. I believe that I shall see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Wait on the Lord. Be courageous and let your heart be strengthened. Yes, wait on the Lord. Whom shall I fear? Of whom shall I be afraid? That's hard. (laughs) But if God is my defender, if he's my light, if he's my savior, there's nothing anyone can do to overcome God. They can, maybe people can cause me pain. They can even end my biological existence, my biological life, right? But in the end, there's nothing they can actually do to me, to the core of who I am. There's nothing, because God is sustaining me, and they can't overcome God. That's hard to live that way, but that's what this David tells us to do here. That's what John is telling us to do, right? This, uh, so not, don't have fear, but then there's another part of this that just grabs me too. Like one thing, there's only one thing I, I want, or I, I should want, when I, when, I, when I pray this prayer. There's one thing I'm reminding myself that I want, and that's to dwell in the house of God all the days of my life. Now, David was the king, so he couldn't literally set up a cot in the temple and just get takeout every day and live in the, in the temple. That's not what he means, right? When he says, I want to dwell in the house of the Lord forever, or all the days of my life, he means in his heart. He wants to dwell with the Lord in his heart. He wants to abide in God and have God abide in him. The last line there, wait on the Lord, be courageous, and let your heart be strengthened. Yes, wait on the Lord. In the Greek translation, guess what? Wait is a version of abide. It's the same, it's the same word. It's there. I mean, it's actually abide under, but, but it's the, it's abide is there, right? David's talking about the same thing that John's talking about. Yeah. Uh, sometimes us late 21st century readers or hearers of information are, are rightly skeptical we question the sources. We want to say, wait a minute, where did you hear that? I don't know about that. What, what cable news network did you get that information from? But we shouldn't be that way with John. John knew what he was talking about. He knew from experience that dwelling, enduring, abiding in love is abiding in God and having God abide in him. He knew that. And he knew that perfect love drives away fear. John had things to be afraid of. So we heard in the gospel uh, that from the cross, Christ gave his mother into John's care and, and gave John to his mother, essentially. Right? John was actually Joseph's, right? so Mary and Joseph, that Joseph. John was Joseph's grandson. So he 
he already knew. So Mary was, the Theotokos was kind of, to the outside world, looked like his step-grandmother. So he knew her already, right? He was part of the family. They were probably pretty close in age, actually. Um, but he knew her already. So from after the events of our Lord's Passion, he takes her into his home. They live in Ephesus until the Dormition. After that, John goes to Asia Minor to preach the gospel. And while he's there, he's kind of arrested as part of a persecution. Um, he's beaten. He's uh, bound up and sent to Rome. Uh, in Rome, they question him and torture him some more and decide to execute him by having him drink poison, which doesn't kill him. And they decide then, well, maybe we should just throw him into boiling oil. That also doesn't kill him. At this point, the emperor gets a little nervous about this John fellow and decides the best thing is just to send him to an island far away from me. Just go over there and I won't deal with you. So John knew some things in his life that he could have been afraid of. Being thrown into boiling oil. That sounds pretty scary to me. Um, but John knew from his first-hand experience that abiding in God, that having perfect love, drove away fear. He also knew from spending years with Theotokos, he knew of her prayers for us, of her constant prayers for us, of her protective veil that she spreads out of us, over us. And so he felt her protection as well. He knew the word that Paul writes, if God is for us, who can be against us? It, it doesn't matter what, what people might try and do to us. The Lord is the defender of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? And if the mother of God protects us, what is there to fear? We are called, we are all freed from death. Christ has accomplished that. But we can also be freed from fear. To be freed from fear, we must abide in love. We must abide in God. We must seek that one thing that David talked about, to dwell in the house of God forever. This is not a spectator sport. The life of Christ, the life in the Holy Spirit, a Christian life, is not a spectator sport. It is a full contact, rough game. Race, St. Paul describes it as. It's, it's a race with demons who have weapons of pain that they want to swing at us as we run through. But we have to run. We have to keep going. It's not a spectator sport. In the, the gospel uh, that we read for Sunday, where we heard about Peter then called Simon, but, and his buddies, who included John, right? John was one of the, the partners in the boating franchise and the Peter and company, excuse me, Simon and company uh, fisheries. Um, let me ask you this. Who was it that, that rowed the boat off, out off the shore? It wasn't Jesus. Jesus didn't pull any oars. Not that he was above that, but he didn't pull the oars. The fishermen pulled the oars. Who lowered the nets? The fishermen, right? Right. Who hauled in the nets? The fishermen, right? Who rowed the boats back to shore, sinking as they were with so many fish? The fishermen. This was, they didn't sit by and, and assume 
that Jesus was going to simply teleport a huge catch of fish from beneath the waves to the shore and packed in ice and crates, right? No. The Lord gave them a command and told them to do something, and they did it. And they did it and were blessed in doing it. Life in Christ is not a spectator sport. Abiding in God, abiding in love is not a spectator sport. It's hard work to love, but it's what we're called to do. It's what we're called to do. Finally, I, the other thing, so I shared Psalm 26 with my young friend, and the other thing I shared with my young friend uh, was a few saints. Uh, I think in times of trouble and in times of encouragement and times of joy, Praying at the saints, getting to know the saints better is a really good thing to do. It's always a good thing to do. Um, we uh, just yesterday remembered one of my favorite saints, St. Sergius of Radonej. Um, we have coming up on, uh, I think Friday, we have the protection of the mother of God, which seems rather appropriate in talking about John. And her spreading her protective veil over us all. So I would also encourage you, I'm not going to tell you a saint to go, to go learn about. I want you to go and, and learn about your own saints. Figure out who your special friends in heaven are. Um, and I, but I'll tell you this, there's more of them now than ever in history. There's more saints right now, and there'll be more and more as we keep going, right? That's the way it works. <laughs> so find your saints, your special friends, uh, whom you can have a conversation with and who will remember you at the throne of God and will comfort you in times of trouble and difficulties um, in in this full contact race. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen.